Welcome to the Heartbeat for Hire podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Dowd. In my 25 years of sales experience, I've managed some of the most prestigious accounts in the world, negotiated multi-million dollar deals without sacrificing relationships, and built successful sales organizations where folks were knocking down the door to be a part of the rich, fun culture we created. My goal is to help train leaders and sales organizations how to manage and deliver results with empathy, compassion, and kindness. Each week, I'll share strategies you can take with you to invest in your people in a way that redefines the fabric of your sales organization and your company as a whole. I have an arsenal of tips and tricks up my sleeve and have a decorated sales career to leverage. Let's get started. Greetings. This is your Heartbeat for Hire podcast, and I'm Lindsay Dowd. And today with me, I have my friend Omar Madrano, who is a serial franchise owner, an author, a business coach, an entrepreneur, and has so much to share about how to crush your goals. I'm super happy to have you here, Omar. And would you kindly share, I can see it on your logo, what if it did work? What is that about? What if it did work? What if it did work? It's about everybody always focuses on the negative. Everybody's always on the sidelines. Everybody's fearful of taking action. In fact, none of us were born with fear. We were all supposed to thrive. What happens is our parents, our friends, neighbors, everybody instills fear in us. And we have this all of a sudden fear of failure, fear of rejection, fear of being unworthy, fear of talking to strangers. And so many times, we don't understand our, our time is limited here, man. You can't just be preparing. I'm preparing. I'm preparing to take action. Take action instead of focusing on the negativity, instead of focusing, well, what if she says no? Instead of focusing on, I can't open up my own business. I'm going to fail at it. Just shift a little, focus on the positive, start asking yourself better questions. And obviously ask yourself, what if it did work? And you, you say like 90% of something or 90% of entrepreneurs fail at their first go of business. And that's generally because of doubt and fear. Is, is that right? Uh, the reason why a lot of people fail in business is one, they ask the wrong people for advice. Mm. Two, they try to scale too fast. Oh, I, I had a positive month. Well, maybe I can go to Europe. Maybe I, I can go to Monte Carlo. Instead of reinvesting back not only in themselves and into their business, they do that. They pick the wrong location for business. A lot of times, get this, they follow their passion. It sounds amazing because we see it. We, we read the memes. We hear the Steve Jobs speech. Follow your passion. If I followed my passion, I love snowboarding. I graduated from LSU. I live in South Florida. I know. Clearly, <laughs> I was going to say, you love snowboarding and you live in Florida. <laughs> yeah. So I, I can't open up a snowboard shop here in South no. Florida, even though it's my passion. And I clearly... There's more everything else alumni here than South Florida to have my own LSU apparel store here. So don't follow your passion. <laughs> okay, but for someone that does want to follow their passion and they do come up with an idea and they get stuck, how do you help them get unstuck? You know, they, they need to get unstuck by having clarity. People don't have clarity, not only in business, but in life. If you ask your friend, your single friend, hey, what do you want in a relationship? What are you looking for in a guy? They'll be like, oh, well, 
I don't want bipolar. I don't want narcissism. I don't want toxicity. I don't want drama. I don't, I don't, I don't. Oh, congratulations. We spent five minutes focusing on what you don't want. Please tell me what you do want. And it's the same thing with business. Two things. What are your intentions with this business? And the second thing, which entrepreneurs, most of us don't ever even think about, have an exit strategy. Your kids don't want your business. Your grandkids don't want your business. You're not going to be eternal. It, it's like timeshare. Sure, you can will it to your kids, but do your kids actually want that? So I, I'd say the first step I tell my clients, I tell everybody is have 100% clarity. So you, you hit on something a moment ago, and that was location. And obviously, we've been through a pandemic. And People are working from home much more than they ever were. Companies are changing their policies on work from home. And obviously, if you're an entrepreneur, perhaps you have an office. Sometimes you might just be working out of your house. Thoughts on that? Because location doesn't matter as much anymore, right? We're much more of a global society. Well, when I say location is key, I'm, I'm talking about brick and mortar. And, and it, it's not Amazon. Amazon isn't the reason why small businesses fail. A lot of times, hey, I'm going to open up this vegan specialty bakery somewhere. Grandma and Aunt Sue told me it's the best. Is it really the best or is it just because it's family and they say it's amazing? So location, a lot of times, yes, yes, location and is the product viable. Location, do I want to have a five-star Michelin restaurant in Paducah, Kentucky? Now, I've never been to Paducah, Kentucky, but something tells me that's not the the most, the, the, the place Covenant to have spot. Yeah. a Michelin five-star restaurant. So location is key. Mm -hmm. Visibility is key. Marketing is key, but it, it depends on the business. Well, and but I forget. Yeah, Kayla, you and I, we, we, we can Zoom from Timbuktu, but That's I'm talking right. about brick and mortar when I talk yeah, about- Yeah, no, and, and I wasn't really thinking you, you've had many franchises in, in your life. Yes. I don't know what uh -huh. they were specifically. Maybe you can share that, but mine is a more service-based business, so I can talk to anybody anywhere, and I find myself- Oh, yeah, we, we, that, we're doing that right now, but, yeah. uh, but you know, most mom and pops- and Main Street is still, you know, brick yeah. and mortar. Yeah. Restaurants. So what were the franchises that you owned? The two franchises I owned, uh, for 20 years, I owned Smoothie King. And now that was all based on emotions. Yeah. Number one, if you're going into business, don't base it on emotions. I graduated from the Louisiana State University, LSU. The franchise was based in Louisiana. So I felt like I was, it was my heartstrings. I was oh, helping the people yeah. in Louisiana. I was going back to my roots. I was going back to having that smoothie as a freshman, as a sophomore at LSU. So never do that. That's, <laughs> that's one. Yes, I was in it for 20 years. And the second business I, I picked out of Entrepreneur Magazine, it was Supercuts. It was because it was rated one of the, the best franchises to own. Really, it was one of the best franchises, one of the best publicly traded corporations that invest time, energy, and ad space in Entrepreneur Magazine. <laughs> wow, interesting. So, okay, so we talked a little bit about brick and mortar. And then in the world of like what you and I do now, I mean, you coach you coach entrepreneurs, you coach people that can be from anywhere. What's the most mm -hmm. common thing you're running up against when you're coaching people? I mean, we obviously know about the fear thing. The thing that a lot of people, not only do they lack clarity, but they want to do the, 
the Tanya Harding, Nancy Kerrigan. They want to play victim. It's always someone else's fault. It's mm. never because your operations are bad. It's never because your location is bad. It's never because you're not outside shaking hands, meeting people. People need to know who you are when it comes to their brick and mortar. When it comes to any business, you and I, yeah, we're coaches, but we're one, one in a million. Mm-hmm. You know, people when you resonate with somebody, when you connect with somebody, that's what creates relationships. A lot of times businesses fail. These people fail because they're horrible operators. They have no company culture. You need company culture. Not everybody's going to be like, hey, you know what? I want to make you millions. That's why I'm here. Company culture is key. And that's something that I lacked in corporate America. That's where I was going to go next, because you know, that's what I'm most passionate about. And I'm specifically passionate about sales culture and creating Mm -hmm. that space because sales is like the most neglected place of most companies, right? They say, let the sales leaders run it. We'll give them their own HR people. And then, you know, we'll focus on the rest of the company and the nurturing that they need. Sellers are different. They're on different comp plans. They're making big money. And so I'm just curious how much you're running into this now. And have you seen a shift? Because I've seen a big shift from the way that people used to talk about soft skills. And now it's really not soft skills anymore. It's much more um, integral in leadership practices. So what are you seeing? What I'm seeing is when people say, we don't understand millennials, we don't understand Gen Z. The reason why you don't understand them is because you don't want to understand them. They've seen your parents, they've seen your grandparents be treated like poo in corporate America. They've seen them go home like with this look on their face because they know corporate America a lot of times even small businesses they see employees as numbers and that's why they're at the mindset hey you know what we don't want that so you have to understand their world that's like saying I can't hire anybody there's no such thing as you can't hire that's living in scarcity but yes the, the newer generations have seen a lot of the bad practices that that we've been held to. Our parents wow. have been held to. And you know what? They're like, enough. I don't want that. I want something different. I want culture. Yeah, I'm seeing a lot of um, all through the pandy. I watched so many people leave their jobs, not even having a job lined up. They were just fed up. They were done being treated poorly. And, you know, my little saying is heartbeats, not headcount. And when you can put the humanity back into the workplace and make people feel valued and seen it, it, it's an investment in your people that will always serve you well. And I've just, I'm enjoying the shift that we're seeing right now. And I feel like I'm having all these leader conversations where it's no longer a, that's a good thing to have. If you're a leader, it's a, if you're not focused on this, you're not going to win. Well, there's two things. There's a boss and a leader. Usually if you go into an office and you see all the catchy winning teamwork, all those amazing posters that you can buy online, that's not a leader. That's a boss. They don't know a thing about leadership. They want to have people under their thumb. They want to go here. This is HR. We want to give you a book on everything that you cannot do and will not ever do. We want you to speak when only spoken to, and we want you to make a lot of money for me. 
a lot of money for the corporation. Mm -hmm. And you know what? People don't want that anymore. They want leader. They want a leader. They want they to excel in the company. They want to grow. They want to show the leader, let us do our own thing and we can make this company profitable. Mm -hmm. Treat us like human beings. I know it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely crazy. Um, so talk to me a little bit about the vacation CEO, because I know that that's, that's important to you and I, I think it's pretty cool. Really, the vacation CEO, that, that title was given to me by my, my first publicist. But it was just because a lot of people, hey, winning on social media. They didn't see the 13, 14, 15 years of hard work. When I was still married, they would see me always going on vacation with my two daughters, my ex-business partner, my ex-wife. Oh, wow, you're always on vacation. You're so lucky. You're the vacation CEO. That's where it came from. I wasn't winning. You know, I clearly it was before inter, you know, social media. They would have seen me having to work weekends, having to work long hours, having to become my own plumber, Google, you know, and YouTube stuff because I couldn't pay for it. I guess I'm lucky. It, it seems that the more we work, the luckier we get. Unfortunately, social media thinks everybody's an overnight success and they want that overnight success and it just doesn't happen that way but the spirit of the vacation ceo is to surround yourself with good oh, smart yeah. people set yourself up so you can have that balance which i i know in in the corporate world where i came from it's very easy to get out of balance very easy and it's very hard to set boundaries with your company and say i'm going to give you this amount of time and no more i mean that you don't want to appear difficult you don't want to appear um you know problematic you want to be able to be a part of the team but at the same time i know my old company would just take and take and take until i said no and mm -hmm. so isn't that like the spirit of what you're what oh, the, the spirit of me was working so many years in journalism where I was seen as disposable, dispensable. From that, leaving that environment to even more toxicity in corporate America, I wanted to be a leader. I wanted to be a boss. I wanted to have a team. I wanted, yes, I wanted to hire young people, college kids, high school kids empower them, show them that they can have this, that life isn't to settle. And the vacation CEO, I want people to have culture in their company. I also want them to own their business and not be slaves to their business because the majority of solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, they don't own their business. The business owns them. And I'm here to help them scale completely out of that. And how do you start? Like if somebody says to you, Omar, I'm, I'm running my business. I'm scared. I'm stuck. Um, where do you go first? Where we go first is you have to be profitable. A lot of times people want to run when they're still crawling. It doesn't work that way. There's no microwave to success. Unfortunately, yes, as an entrepreneur, a small business owner, you are going to have to put in your time. You're going to have to put in your dues. You're going to have to put in your energy. But once you start becoming profitable, okay, let's not do everything. Let's start outsourcing. I was horrible at paperwork. I was horrible 
at doing payroll. Yeah, I could have done the Google. I could have practiced, 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 but that's being in scarcity. Why not have someone else do that? Pay them while you work on the things that you're good at. I was great at marketing. I was great at finding new business, at creating new business. So it's about focusing on your strengths as a business owner so you can become profitable sooner. I love it. And what advice would you give to somebody? Let's say it's somebody who's been in corporate for a while. They have a business idea. They want to start out on their own. How do you help guide them to, yes, this is good versus I think you're not onto something? <laughs> well, the, the first thing, let's not, let's skip passion. Let's double down at what you're good at. Mm-hmm. Triple down on that. Let's create a business that you're good at so that we can live our passion, so we can do our vacations, so we can be the vacation CEO or whatever it is that you want. So let's find something that you're great at. Let's market that. Let's focus on that. And let's make a lot of money. And then if if you're coming from corporate America, let's try something different because you left corporate America for a reason. Why are you going to create a small business with, with the, the, the same, let, 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 let's, you know, handcuff us. Let's have the same rules, the regulations. Yeah. Let's do the TPS reports. <laughs> no, man, you want something different. So let's do something different. I think that's a, that's a tough one for a lot of people that have come out of corporate or where they spent the bulk of their careers, maybe not so much the younger folks, but for folks that have been in, you know, the corporate world for 20 years and to step out of that is a real, I mean, I think the, the desire is there, the passion may be there, but they may not be able to connect the dots and how to make it profitable and how to turn it into something really strong. And, and I imagine you see a little bit of that. Oh yeah, it, it's it's crazy though. But but think about it. Success is going way past our comfort zone. If yes. if you left corporate America, you left corporate America because you hated it. You hated being treated like a number. You hated the toxicity. You hated that they wanted to replace you because you were making way too much money. So why are you going to bring that culture mm-hmm. into the small business? Yes, that's all you know. But congratulations. You left because it was broken. Let's empower. Let's live. Let's not live in scarcity. Let's try different things. Yes, let's go past our comfort zone. Let's create culture. And everybody from the sales guy, let's create a winning formula. Everybody is, is somebody mm-hmm. in your corporation, in your small business, whether it's the person that you hire to clean up or your marketer, or your sales guy. It's all about culture. It is. I mean, you you know, that's that's my my mantra. My religion is definitely that. Um, and all right. and that's why we can, and it was hard to pretend that, I know. you know, sales is all that matters because that's what I was in. That, that, well, but I've my, been feeling, in that my feeling is when you set your culture up right and you create this environment for people to succeed and people to feel connected and give them purpose, you are setting yourself up for success. And there's pride of place that your employees will feel and they'll want to stretch and they'll want to take risks and create new best practices. And, you know, all the culture building I do is in the name of results. And I think that's what 
people are starting to recognize now. And that's what people are craving. Um, it, it's, it's, it's really interesting to see the shift because before, especially in sales, you just needed to produce. Our conversations between manager and employee were about forecasting. How are you going to make your number? Where are your deals coming from? Let's talk about what's in CRM. Like that's it. That's your job versus now let's have a more well-rounded experience and let's talk about your career path and let's talk about the ways I can support you. And I love that. You know how you can tell if a company is broken is when you, you go customer service or whatever, and you ask them to do something and they tell you, that's not my job. I, I don't know how to fix that. That is an organization that it's not about winning. No, it's I'm, I'm here until I can get the hell out of here. There, the, those are the employees that, oh gosh, if this place was on fire, I wouldn't call 911. Well, and Omar, where I see that in the, the, the worst place I see that is through onboarding. And at a lot of companies, it's the first moment of failure. So, and I, I've had this happen to me. You know, you come into a company, you're so excited to be there and you have to start doing things like ordering your credit card and getting your phone and getting your laptop. And unless there is one person that owns the entire process, it falls on the employee to figure it out. Well, how's the employee supposed to figure it out? They just got there. They don't know anybody and there's no That's sense of ownership. And I just remember saying, I, I'm bringing people in like we have to do better. We have to make sure that their process is seamless and that they're not struggling through this. This is our first impression. And when there's a lack of care of that, that that sucks. It's so hard mm -hmm. to to make people want to feel it. And if they don't, you can't force it. Right. Well, you you can't force the, the team aspect. You have to create it. You, you have to, when, when you create that, hey, this is a team and you didn't force it, it all falls into place. So true. It, you don't need a, a roster because you have people leaving, people getting fired, people disconnected, people that are, it's not my job. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, I can't wait for Friday. The person that says that is in the company that everybody can't wait for Friday. Hmm. And you, you can put up all the poster boards. <laughs> you, can, you can say, hey, it's, it's here or the highway. I've been in so many horrible companies like that. I, I, my first job out of college, the boss said, and the way to get a raise is to get out of there and get another job. And that's like mind blowing. Ugh. How can you become more profitable if everybody has their eyes set somewhere else? You can't. You can't. And, you know, you're right that I always say, you know, ping pong and free beer is not culture. It's a perk. It's nice. Swag is not culture. And the, the laughable thing about the swag is, you know, when you send your people the water bottles, the sweatshirts, the hats, the backpacks, if they don't feel pride of place, they'll never use them, wear them. It won't mean anything to them. And that's just, 
it's it becomes a joke. I mean, I had like hundreds of backpacks in my career. <laughs> and I'm like, what am I doing with all these backpacks that I'm never gonna go anywhere with? It's just sad. You know, company swag never works if your employees don't wear it. And uh, yeah, why are they gonna work? The first thing, oh, hey, thank you, boss. Here, let me put it in the trunk of my car. Let me give it to Goodwill. <laughs> let, let me give it to a homeless person to, to wear that hat from that amazing company. I, at, at the end, I, I've been with the companies that they, they could have given me the shiny backpack, the hat, the hoodie. I wouldn't wear that if I ran all out of But laundry. you'd wear it if you were proud of where you worked, Oh, right? yes, that's, yeah. that, that's it. When you, you hear of companies, yeah. yeah, when they when people hear about Amazon, the ping pong tables and all that, it's not just the ping pong tables. Mm -hmm. People are short sighted. They they have to look at the bigger picture. Mm -hmm. Those people wear it with pride because they love working for the company. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think it makes such a difference when you when you can see them actually wearing it. And so I want to shift gears for a second because I know you're pretty active on Insta. What's been your theory, your position on social media and how that helps you, hurts you? What do you advise your your uh, your clients? With my clients, what I tell them about social media, the three Ps, promote, number one. The second one, promote. And the third one is to promote promote and be on social media every single day mm -hmm. and let them see who you are not only your company and what you're all about let them in to see your family mm -hmm. to see your friends to see what you're doing give them a compelling reason on why they need to see you i don't care if you're the plumber you know what there's a million other plumbers i don't care about your sales we need to know why we need to go see you. Yeah. Inform your potential prospects, inform your clients, but just tell us that you're human. And you can't do that by only promoting and only posting once in a while. Be like Post Malone, post, 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 post away. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a pretty prolific poster too. And I, I think the thing that I've learned the most since I started this and this is coming from 25 years being in corporate is so many people mistake their job for who they are. And I've really gotten a wonderful education on creating your own personal brand. And um, I think the people that do it well are the ones that really get the following. They're the ones that it's so clear looking at them right away, who they are, what they stand for and what they do. And um I think there's a lot of power behind that. You know what? The the best social media, the, the, the best posters are the ones that can blend their business mm -hmm. practice and blend their personal practice and do it in such a way that you can't even tell, are you pitching me? Are you promoting me? Or you just want, want me to know about you? Because yeah. there's everybody has a competitor. And, and, you know, your, your competition is not posting. Your competition isn't saying, hey, it's, it's my kid's high school graduation. Yeah. Hey, here's an old picture of me. Hey, look, look, at, look at where we were from who we are now. And you know what? Promote, not only promote, but if you're the plumber, 
hey, show us what can be a problem and how to fix it. You know what, all those videos, I'm not gonna go that do that in YouTube, at least inform me. I'm still gonna hire you because I'm not Handy Manny. So yeah, you, you post away. Yeah, I, I think it's, um, it's a good thing. And I think people crave seeing not someone who is 100% polished, but seeing someone who's multifaceted and being able to show, you know, today was a bad day. And let oh, me tell you why. Yes. And yes. you know, I'm 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 telling you from my heart, this sucked. And I did that recently. I had a post and I was just like, it wasn't any one thing. I just felt really down. I was struggling with imposter syndrome. And all these people chime in. Are you okay? Can I help? What can I exactly. do? People want to serve, they want to help people, they want to see them succeed. And I think that when you can show that humanity, it lets people in. And it's like, you know what? She had a rough day. Oh my God. It reminds me when I had a rough day, but look how she came out of it. You so. know what? When, when it comes to social media, when it comes to posting, be human. Yeah. If you have yeah. a flub, you're, you're, you're not Katie Couric. <laughs> you're not Peter Jennings. People expect that. If you have a flub or two, post it. You're, you don't have to do 20, 30, yeah. 40 takes. You're just wasting time. Be human. Be vulnerable. It's so Say, true. Hey, you're having a bad day. You're having a bad week. Show us that you're not a robot. The, the times, the, there's been times, yes, I, I, I do post my wins, but there's times what's wrong with posting your losses. It well, shows you learn, that, hey, you know what? You, yeah. Admitting I, why it, you goofed. I mean, I have so many lessons of things that I have done wrong that if I don't share that story, how do people learn? And, you know, I'm, I'm not afraid to admit this didn't go well. And I'll tell you why I talk too much, or I didn't listen enough, or I didn't ask the question of what was important to my client. I just was barreling through with my own strategy. And when you can share those things, it helps people go, I've done that. I shouldn't do that again. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, and if, if, if you're an entrepreneur, please don't be private. I mean, it, it is called social media. And clearly, if you want to post that you're winning with, with your filtered pick that makes you look 20 years younger, and you want to pick post that you're at Nobu, or that you're at Benihana's, then if you want the 20 people that actually care less, then be public and quote unquote winning. That, that, that to me, I'm just amazed whenever somebody is an entrepreneur and they're private. It, 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 it's like such a mess. I don't get mess. that at all. I really don't get that at all. I just feel like um, the lesson I've learned about branding and making it targeted and making your point so clear and staying on your track. I think the, the one mistake I see people um, making is they kind of go too broad and they go way outside the lines of what their focus is. So, you know, if they're focused on one specific thing and then they're talking about, you know, let's have passion for, you know, a breeding program at a zoo, like, that's great. That's an interest of yours, but maybe bring it back to why it matches up with your business. Well, well, it's like if I all of a sudden I, I started posting uh, that I was the love doctor, and you know, right? I, even if I wasn't divorced, but all these posts, all these videos on everything on how to overcome fear, uh, how to market yourself, and whatnot, business tips, and all of a sudden 
I I, I want to I, I think I'm um the next John Gray and, and I'm, I'm the the younger version men are from Pandora <laughs> and I and I, I start posting away or I or not even that I, I do the the once in the blue moon and, and I stray to to like love or like wait, hey you know what my 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 latest passion is I've seen SeaWorld and I've seen the documentary. I think it's time we free. Release the whales. <laughs> Release the whales. Like that. You're right. Stay focused. It, yeah. And, and, it's and easy. It's easy to watch, you know, some of the greats. Like Mel Robbins is amazing and she has so many brilliant ideas. And we see her stuff and you, you're like, gosh, I want to build a following like Mel. Well, Mel is Mel. I, I can't be Mel. And I could certainly share something she posted and say why it's relevant to my ideas. But if I'm just kind of copying what she's doing, what's the point? That's, you know. Well, why are you going to copy Mel Robbins? Why are you going to copy Anthony Robbins? Why, why are you going to copy all these different people? You know, the world needs the Lindsay Dow. The world needs Omar Medrano. What we need to do is we need to be the best versions of who we are. That's we it. can't be a clone. Nobody, they're already out there. Mm -hmm. Even Napoleon Hill might have been dead for God knows how many years, and Zig Ziglar's been dead, but he keeps on posting. If we want to know more <laughs> about them, we can we can see the Jim Rohns, we can see the Anthony Robbins. So yeah, the people that want to parrot them, you're not going to win an Anthony Robbins fan over. You're not going to win a Grant Cardone fan over. If they drink the Kool-Aid, what you need to do is you need to be you and you need to be the best version of who you are. Market the hell out of it. Solve enough problems. And it's Nirvana, my opinion. It's so true. I love it. All right. So if, what are you working on right now? What's the what's your passion project? Are you writing a book? Are you is it mostly well, coaching? I, I, I want to my my second book is literally done, but uh, my my editor it, it's self published, but my editor's going. Uh, her husband is battling some health issues, so I, I keep on telling, hey, hey, it's it's all the last chapter is done. It's it's done. I awesome. I, I I'm just you know. I'm not Ebenezer Scrooge. There's there's bigger things in life yeah. than than a book. So uh, and this is your book, second book. Yeah, the Vacation CEO. The first book, I I not not because I promote. I just always have it here because I I love reading reading it. Um, yeah, uh, the Vacation CEO will be the second book. I, I think my third. Uh, I, I'm always an overachiever. I want to write a book. A, uh, like an actual book that high school, college kids, and young adults can read. I, the school system is broken. I've been out for 32 years, and they're still teaching kids. My, my, two, teen, my two daughters are going into ninth and 11th grade. It mm -hmm. hasn't changed. Congratulations. We, we know if you carry around uh, an egg, a hard-boiled egg, it's just like having a, a child. Or, you know, we, we learned the square dancing when we were younger and, and how to play the recorder. But nobody teaches kids about investing. Nobody teaches wow. kids about passive income. Nobody teaches kids about good debt, bad debt. These are the things that we should be teaching. We shouldn't be teaching, you know, yeah, congratulations. We can it's teach It's on them. us, Omar. It's on us. We got to do it. It, it is, but, but, but we're, we've evolved. We've had to learn. 
Yes well, or no? You and I, I had, that should we be had your to next learn all book. these things. Do it, make a book for teens on how to invest, how not to screw up your money, how not to screw up your future. I think that's a great book. Uh, here, uh, you're you're going to laugh. Uh, when in, in college, people were getting heavily in, into debt because at the outside of the student, you, hey, sign up for the Credit free AT&T card. card. I and had not one. only is it free money, but you get a free shirt. We'll give you a free shirt if we bankrupt you at an early age and give you 21% financing. I, I made a ton of mistakes with that credit card. I remember. And I, I just oh, thought- Same here because we thought it was, it was, we thought, everybody thought it, it was like free money. Yeah, I no, will nobody, say, I think, I, I know for my kids, um, they have a green light, a card, green light cards. So they know their allowance goes in there. And if they get birthday money or if they make an achievement or something, or if they babysit, it all goes in there. And so they understand how to budget and they understand the meaning of a dollar and they know that they can spend their own money. And that is a bet, much better lesson than anything I had. I had, you know, cash in my little Velcro wallet and I had no more. Uh, yeah, I had no more money. We're on the same age. I, I, I had the Trans Am Velcro wallet. Yeah. The so I do think kids are getting a, a getting better education now because it's more accessible to them. And I will say this: my kids' school, it's a public school. Um, they teach digital literacy, which I think is fantastic. And that's you know how not to click on clickbait, how to understand when it's a secure website. And these are things you and I never had. So it's nice to see that that is being implemented. And you mean they're, they're, they're teaching them not to go on social media? And no, they're yeah, teaching them my... how to navigate it, which is great. <laughs> and and the, and the repercussions of doing something horrible on social media. But, but not only that, so many people give out their private information yeah. that people can use to, to try to hack into your path, your wow. your password. Hey, where are the five concerts that you've attended? What year did you graduate high school? I Here, know. these are all these cute oh, little surveys. Let me tell everyone all these things about myself. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. then, oh my gosh, I can't believe I I was hacked again. It's like, well, you you do tell us, you know, your what concerts you you went to. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, uh, your favorite names, your favorite bands, your I favorite know. this, your favorite that. You're like, yeah, maybe. Uh, I don't think it's the Russians. <laughs> <laughs> I think we make it pretty easy. But, um, well, I do think there's hope. So your next book, that's your topic. So if you want to do a book for teens, go for it. I'll make sure my kids get it. Um, so Omar, before we end, give me your golden nugget of wisdom that you want to share with the audience. What, what's the what's on your mind today? What's on my mind today is just do something. Quit being on the sidelines. Quit preparing. When somebody says they're preparing for something, it's really that fear of failure. You're not gonna. There's no perfect time. That's like, oh, oh I'm, I'm gonna have. I'm gonna have kids. Uh, and you know, in the perfect time, or I'm going to get married. Uh, the perfect time. The perfect time will never happen. No. Do something now. You're 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 creating your. We are all creating our legacy. I'm 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 the master of my life. The creator of my destiny. I get to choose. We all get to choose. We're we're writing our obituaries. What do you want them to say? Oh, he yeah. was he was a nice guy. He showed up to work. For, for 30 years and he loved the weekends. And, and that's how many, so many people are living their life. <laughs> he thanked God a lot it was Friday. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, but you know what? Do do something amazing. Do something epic. You know, fail. There's no such thing as fail. Try. All failure. Well, it's only, only failure if you don't learn from it. It's, yeah, it's if you keep on doing the same failure. mistake over and over. But we all had this fear of of looking great, and we all want to be per- perfect. There's no such thing as perfection. Everything, everything is solvable. Yeah. When you fall, when we all fall, get up, laugh it off, and keep on going. I love it. So, Omar, how do people find you? Uh, you can find me. I'm public on Facebook, uh, Omar Madrano. I'm public everywhere. Uh, Instagram, I'm Omar Madrano 73. I, I was Omar Madrano at one time, but somebody stole that. I'm hoping they do videos or, or whatnot with that. Um, they can join on Facebook. What if it did work? It's a, it's a group. Um, it's videos. It's podcasts. My podcast, my message. I never pitch. I, I let other people pitch, so don't be afraid. And I'm, I'm, I'm like the St. Jude of um, public, of personal development and business development. I don't look at people as a checking account. You could always DM me on anything. Awesome. Well, it's been a joy having you on today. I always love chatting with you. And uh, thank you for your golden nuggets of wisdom. And uh, thanks for tuning in to Heartbeat for Hire, everybody. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to Heartbeat for Hire. If you like what you hear, I'd love it if you'd subscribe and leave a five-star review. To keep the conversation going, you can find me on Insta or at LinkedIn at Lindsay Dowd, H4H. Or you can reach me at my website, heartbeatforhire.com. Thanks so much. Have a great day.